Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. Welcome to Sound Prince for April 2, 2020. We have two timely interviews for you today, so we're going to begin with a few announcements from our calendar. The Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will continue to hold its Friday roundabouts by phone throughout April. This is a great chance to get together and talk about a timely topic, something different every week. Roundabout by phone begins at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Everyone is welcome. To join Roundabout, call 669-900-6833 and enter the code 3572 Five nine five one nine three. We initially announced that ACB families would hold a peer support call on Sunday, April 5, and that Matthew Schifrin, creator of Braille and Audio Lego Instructions, would be the speaker. The program is changed. The April 5 call will be a business meeting instead to discuss families' activities at the upcoming ACB 2020 Virtual Conference and Convention. Join the call by dialing 712-432-3900 and entering the code 796096. The Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will hold a business meeting at 8 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday, April 7, by conference call. KCCLV will also hold a Low Vision Support Group call open to everyone at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday, April 15. The number for both calls is 669-900-6833 and the code is 3572-595-193. The Kentucky Council of the Blind Next Generation Chapter has moved its monthly conference call meeting from Easter Sunday, April 12 to Sunday, April 19. The call is at 8 p.m. Eastern and the number is 669-900-6833. The code is 3572-595-193. Anyone who is 40 years old or under is welcome to attend this call. The American Council of the Blind held a meeting of its board of directors on Monday, March 30. The meeting took place on the Zoom platform and was broadcast on ACB radio. Several hundred people from across the country tuned in to listen to the meeting. At that meeting, it was decided that ACB would not hold its conference and convention in Schaumburg, Illinois this summer, but would instead present a virtual conference and convention broadcast on ACB radio and available by phone to anyone all across the country. Dan Spoon, ACB president, joins us on page two to talk about the board meeting, the reasons for the decisions that were made, and what we can all expect in the coming months as this new virtual convention begins to take shape. You'll hear a new voice to Sound Prince on page 3. Jeannie Fairley is an ADA coordinator in Newton, Massachusetts, and she is one of the many people throughout the country whose job has moved from her office to her home. Jeannie is a member of the Bay State Council of the Blind and the Guide Dog Users of Massachusetts. Since many blind and visually impaired people have expressed a desire to work from home over the years, we thought it would be interesting to hear about Jeannie's experiences with her job, 
since she can no longer go to her office every day due to the stay-at-home order in place in her state. Over the next few weeks, we hope to check in with other blind people to find out how they are handling their jobs from home and how their employers have supported them in their need for accessible technology on the job. We hope you enjoy this week's sound prints. Page two. We're talking again this week with Dan Spoon, ACB president, bringing you news and updates on what's been happening in the last week and a half or so, and some information on um, the convention. We don't have a whole lot of plans, but uh, we certainly have some information. And so Dan is here to talk with us, and you'll hear what you hear right from the top. So welcome, Dan. Well, thank you, Carla. I'm uh, um, happy to be here under our what are not necessarily the world's greatest circumstances, but I believe you know, it's really, uh, uh, you know, a, a positive, I think, approach moving forward. And uh, love to share with you a little bit of what happened at the uh, board meeting on Monday, March 30th, and kind of our plans moving forward. Uh, that'd be okay. That's great. Uh, to, for, tell us about that board meeting. That I listened to that board meeting from from beginning to end, and I think it was truly a milestone in ACB for many, many different reasons. But uh, I've got to tell you, I really appreciate you taking the lead and making that available for all of us to listen. So so tell us about it. Tell us how many people were listening. Sure. It, it was certainly not just 10 or 15. <laughs> no, it was, uh, in a, in a, in first of all, I'd say as a board meeting, it was a marathon and not a sprint, you know. So it was, a, I think, uh, ended up being about three hours from beginning to end. And really, um, first, we wanted it to really be uh, transparent and, and really, you know, reach out to our membership and, and try to uh, really com convey to, to all of our folks kind of the struggles that we have been going through as a leadership team over the last few weeks in a just very quickly changing and, and dynamic um, environment associated with the coronavirus and so uh, when we put the um, the special meeting in place just a little over two weeks ago I don't know that any of us knew that things were going to uh, really escalate as quickly as they did uh, but we had uh, you know thanks to ACB radio and and the wonderful team there with Jason and Debbie and Jeff and Rick and Carla I know you're part of that team and uh, really, their their support of this, uh, we were able to uh, you know broadcast uh, on uh, the mainstream channel. Uh, we also had ability for people to listen then through uh, what I call audio now. I don't you know the, the, the telephone service. Uh, you could get it through your ACB Link app uh, as well as use it on your device like your your Echo device. And so I think all told. Uh, we probably ended up with about 500 of our members that were listening. Uh, we had a count of well over 350 uh, through the uh, Internet service, and that didn't include people who listened on the radio uh, through, through, the, uh, through their phone or people that just maybe, um, you know, had more than one person at the home listening, uh, you know, probably like you and Adam listened together. So even though there was one connection, there were two ACB members that were listening to the 
uh, to the board meeting. So, Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was really, really glad to see uh, the interest from uh, from our membership. And, uh, you know, we really kind of uh, took people through the, the timeline that we've been dealing with, everything uh, from the, you know, President's uh, National Emergency Announcement back on, I believe it was the 13th of, of March, and how quickly uh, many of the states then followed suit with their own state emergency announcements. And in, in Illinois, by the 20th of March, the governor had uh, issued a stay-at-home uh, order uh, following up on his uh, state emergency announcement. So it just became very clear uh, that with the progression of this virus, we, we could not, uh, you know, the by far the most important thing for our organization is the health and safety of our members. And so uh, it was a really, when it boiled down to it, a very easy uh, decision, although a very sad decision that our, our board made. And, and each member of the board, officers and board of directors, uh, each, uh, you know, I made sure to give them time to express their thoughts. And we went around and heard from each and every officer and board member uh, and talked about, you know, what this decision meant to them. And it, it, at the end of the day, it was a unanimous decision to cancel our convention in Schaumburg, Illinois, our face-to-face convention this year. And we're working, uh, you know, continuing to have conversations with the uh, Renaissance Hotel and Convention Center space there in Schaumburg with hopefully every expectation that, that we can, you know, revisit having this as a venue in either, uh, you know, the 2023 or 2024 time frame. Nothing, you know, it's all still in negotiations, but that's really the the preference of the ACB board, and uh, we hope we can work that out with the hotel. Uh, so once the board kind of went through and made the decision that the right thing to do was to cancel our face-to-face convention, we then uh, took some time to understand what we could do from a virtual convention space. And, you know, ACB, even though maybe we're, we're the perfect group to not meet in person when we're trying to transmit a virus with the way we like to hold on to each other and touch surfaces and, and, and have some challenges with spatial distancing, when it comes to working in a virtual fashion, it's a real strength of our organization. We are, you know, very good at. Uh, we've got six or seven, seven now, I think, ACB radio uh, channels where we can broadcast uh, content. Uh, we have uh, a really good Zoom Pro license where we can offer all kinds of uh, independent Zoom room uh, meetings, and we have uh, a membership that is used to working in a virtual space. Uh, I don't know about you, Carla, but there's probably weeks I have 10 to 15 ACB conference calls in a week, and then they're all virtual if you think about it. At a minimum. At a minimum, <laughs> I know. And so we actually have a membership that's pretty good at, at, at working in this kind of environment. And so I think a virtual convention really lends itself to our membership. Uh, we are... Um, you know, working with our uh, convention committee chair, Janet Dickelman, and her team, and the ACB radio team to really, uh, you know, work through a lot of the details of how we will bring this to our membership. But 
we have complete confidence that it's going to be an outstanding convention. Uh, we're going to, you know, have a lot of the same, uh, uh, you know, the same wonderful programs and events that we have during a face-to-face convention. We're going to have opening session, and we're going to have our general sessions. We're going to have our board meeting. Uh, Friends in Art has already said they're going to uh, put their showcase together. We're going to have a virtual auction and a virtual walk. We're even going to have a virtual banquet banquet with our, uh, uh, you know, uh, we've already got our our, uh, speaker confirmed, Roy Samuelson, a wonderful uh, audio describer voice talent that does NCIS and just all kinds of uh, wonderful shows there. We've got Aaron Jones, our uh, talking book narrator, who's committed to the convention. So we've already got a lot of our, our key folks in place, and uh, I think we're going we're gonna to be – we've had meetings now with our affiliate uh, convention representatives as well as our committee chairs, and they're all looking at putting together maybe not the same programs but a lot of wonderful content. And uh, we're looking at doing a, a virtual exhibit hall, and, and we're going to have registration just like we normally do with the opportunity for uh, people to, to get those uh, convention T-shirts and pins from the uh, ACB Mini Mall as well as uh, buy their ACB Braille Forum raffle tickets, uh, get their newsletter delivered, have lots of wonderful door prizes that people can take advantage of. Uh, discounts from our vendors that'll be you know, participating in the in the uh, in the virtual exhibit hall, and so I think there's just a whole lot of possibilities uh, here, and uh, I think our our group is now excited about it. I'd be interested to get your thoughts, but I felt a lot of energy coming out of that board meeting on Monday that we're we're now ready to get to work. I agree with you, Dan. I think that. There's a time that, you know, we, I mean, everybody is sad that we can't go to Schomburg this year. We just can't do it. But this is such an opportunity for us to not only do the things that we think of as making convention um, a reality, but it's an opportunity for us to bring the convention just more than a few workshops and general session. It's a chance for us to bring so much more to people around the country who maybe have never been able to go to a convention, maybe who haven't been there for a long time. I saw a message yesterday on ACBL from Jessie Rail in West Virginia, and she wrote she's written a couple of really neat messages but her last message was was very neat and she said you know the last time she was able to go to a convention was 2007 and she hasn't been able to afford to get there since and now she's going to be able to be at the whole thing and she doesn't have to travel anywhere to do it so i i think that this is a great opportunity for us to a have a 2020 convention, and B, learn a lot of things that will help us to have not only in-person conventions, but more virtual activities at our conventions in the future. 
Oh, I agree. I think we're going to learn a lot through this process. So, uh, you know, what do they say that uh, necessity is the mother of invention? And so, I think we're <laughs> we're right now in the middle of all that. And and I I I get you know just multiple calls a day from people saying, Dan, I just thought of a new way we could do this, or have we thought about that? And so. <laughs> Just to see the energy uh, in our membership, I think, is exciting. And I, I've really got a challenge out there. I would love for us to have 1,000 people register for our convention this year. Mm-hmm. If you think about it, you, you don't have to pay for that airfare. You don't have to pay for that hotel room. But for, for $25, you can support the American Council of the Blind and be a part of a just a, you know a full convention with all kinds of programs and fun activities and uh, I just think it's uh, it's something that our membership should be able to just really rally around well uh, another part of this too is that um, when and, and some people will say well I don't know why I should register why would there be a registration fee there's a lot of costs associated with this and um, there's a lot of cost associated with our not going to Schomburg so there there really is yeah there is and we don't even know what all those costs are going to be yet Um, I think we know what the worst case scenarios could be but um, but reality is you know just because you decide you're not going doesn't mean that you don't have to pay for not being there and so there's a lot of things, and the board talked about that on mm-hmm. Monday night. There's also still costs of um, the the operation of the convention. Oh, our staff will still be oh, absolutely. inundated here over the next two months getting ready for the convention. Yes, yes, yes. And while some of their tasks will be different, they won't be packing tickets into envelopes, but they they will be doing other kinds of tasks that might be um, not quite as as time intensive as putting those individual tickets into each individual envelope, but it's still going to be an, an intense um, activity. And with all of the special interest groups, um, you know, they're they are going to be out there offering their programs as well. And um, many of them, I suspect, will be offering, I mean, there'll be registration for some of their activities as well. And all of this is going to need to be worked out and planned. But in the long run, um, this is going to be a a pretty cost-effective convention for the attendees. And... Uh, there will be things that will be incentives for people to do those registrations. Sure, you can listen, or you'll be able to participate to uh, a great extent in many of the things without registering, but you will have, you will not be um, in on some of those special perks that will be available for registration only. Oh, yeah, most certainly. Like we're going to have a full convention program that we'll have available mm-hmm. in Braille and large print, but only mm-hmm. for those who register. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll have um, 
all kinds of wonderful door prizes, again, only for those folks who register. And right. You don't actually have to be in the general session to win this year. If you've <laughs> registered, then your name goes into the hat. And if you get drawn out, we're going to ship you your door prize. And right. I'm hoping from our affiliates and, and sponsors we'll get a lot of wonderful door prizes this year because, again, affiliates aren't going to have to spend so much money coming to the convention. They may have a little more money to help with door prizes and auction items. Uh, you'll get a better number for the auction if you want to participate in the auction. And I think we're going to have our, our exhibit hall vendors are going to offer a lot of, of discounts uh, mm -hmm. to our uh, people who register for the convention to take advantage of with special discount codes uh, for merchandise. I already talked with Vespero, and they're, they're looking at doing something to help us with the you know, JAWS and Zoom and, and, and mm -hmm. their products. And so mm -hmm. I think we're going to find that there's, you know, a lot of benefit in registering. And it's also going to help Janet and her committee to understand how many people are participating uh, in some of these breakout sessions. So, you know, you have to handle a breakout session a little differently if you have 100 people participating versus if you have 20. Uh, and so I think it's really important for people to register so we can have good counts, and that will allow us to, to do really the best job of providing a good quality product to all of our members. So I'm excited about that. I, I will say one thing that's kind of sad is it cannot be considered an official annual membership business meeting. And so that next official annual business meeting will be held in Phoenix in 2021. So our existing members of our board of directors and uh, board of publications directors will uh, stay in their current positions until uh, the 2021 convention. And we won't be doing any voting on uh, the amendment changes to the Constitution or on resolutions. And so in one way, it's kind of sad that we're going to have to give up the business side of our convention. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, that gives us a little more programming time uh, to uh, you know, bring in special guests and, and do some more uh, you know, exciting interviews with people. And the other thing that I think folks are realizing, I was talking to somebody from the Sports Fanatics Luncheon just today, is we're not having to deal with the, the expense of having people fly in and giving them honorariums. And so really, if you think about it, to get that quality speaker you want at your event, they're only a phone call away. If they're able to, to uh, you know, call into a Zoom meeting, then they can be a member of your, of your program. And so please don't, don't limit your, your thought process there. I think we could have some amazing participants at this year's convention. Right. And it, and it may be that a group does have to incur an expense of, um, you know, an honorarium for a speaker for their time. But um, that's a whole, it's a whole different kettle of fish if they can do it right from wherever they are. They don't have to they don't have to fly in. They don't have to spend the time for, you know, at the hotel two or three days or at least a couple of days. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of difference yeah. in in cost when you are providing a program um, virtually than if you're providing that program uh, 
you know, on a one on on a um, an in person basis in some areas. Now, in other areas, um, you know, like I said, you do pick up other costs. If we um, we may have to expand some of the things that ACB Radio, you know, does, and um, some of that may you know may be a cost that we ordinarily wouldn't have. But you know, once it's done, then we have more capability to do more in the future. So That's right. We're thinking of maybe seeing if we could expand channels. Of course, mm-hmm. we have two contractors that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we, we contract with to help us with the programming and the, um, the, the system, production part, the technical yeah. mm-hmm. expertise related to ACB radio. Well, they may have to work extended hours getting ready for this. So yes. There could be some additional cost is oh. there as well. Yes. Yeah. I also... While I've got a moment with you, Carla, and in, in, in your um, in your audience, I would like also to mention. I think just the outstanding work that ACB is doing right now with what we're calling their community chats. And so, please, you know, keep a look on out for the ACB emails that uh, may show up every every few days in your inbox. Uh, we are, uh, and there's also a a homepage on our website. Uh, under events where you can check and see what community chats are available on a day-in and day-out basis. We've every, had everything from virtual coffee hours where you can get, get on and talk about, you know, the funny thing or the sunshine thing or the sad thing that happened to you uh, today. We've had sports talk shows. We've had audio description. Uh, we've had um, uh, just a whole plethora of different topics. And they're coming fast and furious. A lot of the special interest affiliates uh, are coming up with their own community chats that we're organizing and and displaying on our events page. And it's just been a wonderful opportunity at this time when many of us are in isolation to really connect and socialize with each other and be there uh, in peer support uh, for each other. And I'm telling you, I've had an opportunity to be on probably six or seven of these calls, and they're the best of ACB. They are really what we're all about, to, to reach out and, and, and be there for each other at this time of need. I understand you all have had some really exciting uh, developments with your roundabouts there uh, in, in Louisville on, on a Friday evening. Yes, we're holding them on Friday night. Um, we're also doing some low vision support calls. In fact, we have one scheduled. We're recording this on Wednesday, April 1, and that's no joke. We really are. And um, and we have a low vision support call tonight. We have Roundabout coming up on Friday. And, you know, it's it's not the same dynamic if, as if we're all there in person, but it is an opportunity for everyone to participate and, you know, the first week we did it, we had 15. Last week we had 18. So we'll see what this week brings. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's some different people than have been able to come in person. Um, we have not had a couple of people who are normally always there. But on the other hand, we've had some people who just don't live close enough, don't have transportation to come in to the roundabout in person. So, 
you know, there's there's always positives in just about everything that happens, and um, and uh, it you know being on a lot of lists and so on, it looks as if other chapters and affiliates are doing some of that same thing, and it's helping everybody. I think stay in contact. Um, it, it's also an opportunity for us to explore ways of doing other things, and um, with with the Kentucky Council of the Blind, we've taken this opportunity where um, things haven't been quite as hectic, just because you're not doing as much in person. Mm-hmm. Um, we we're we're moving our um, large email lists over to Constant Contact, and you know that's a learning process. Everything you do is a learning process, and so that's kind of been a little project that we've been doing. I would suspect, Dan, that just as ACB is coming up with a lot of new things while this is going on, that we, that most of the, the affiliates out here, or a lot of us, are doing the same thing and just trying to make our, take advantage of this time and make our world a little better, to make it function a little better. For everybody. Oh, I think so. I think we're going to learn things out of this crisis that we're going to carry with us, you know, well into the future. They're going to, it's going to fundamentally change the way we do certain things. And, and even our, like our ACB staff is all working remotely from home. Mm-hmm. But with the technology, you know, you can call the office, be forwarded to their, uh, to their phones, and, and they're, between that and the computer, uh, they're, you know, they're busier and I'll get out doing work day in and day out to help our organization. Uh, they're staying in, in touch with each other and with our membership. And it's just really been exciting to see uh, how they haven't missed a beat. And they're just, uh, you know, getting so much work done for our organization. So really, um, it's, it's, it's exciting. Yeah. I don't know yeah. where we'd have been if this had happened 30 years ago, but oh. we're in a new digital revolution <laughs> right now. And, we- Amazing what you're still able to do. I know. This morning, you know, Nancy Becker is usually in the office at the ACB CFO. She's usually there by 8 o'clock right. Central Time. Okay. So this morning, I had a question for her about the mini mall, and I thought, well, I'll just call before she really gets busy and see if she answers. And so I called at 8 o'clock her time, and she answered on the first ring. Yeah. There she was, just as if she'd been in the office. Now, some people, you know, you really don't like being, some people really like just being in an office and close to people and stuff, but she was just right on top of, of what was happening. I want to say a little bit about the mini mall. We'll have the mini mall at the convention. Um, it'll be like having like having a great, um, the, in, the big end of the year sales that we do and so on, And except we'll also have new products and things. So the mini mall will be part of this. Um, at the at the virtual convention, um, but I had a call today uh, from someone looking to order a couple of things, and I said, and I said to them, I said, well, you know, um, we can't. I can take your order, but I can't ship it right now. And and they go, oh really? And I was like, well, uh, no, because you know we can't go into the office right now. And so I said, it will be some time I can take the order. We ship it as soon as uh, the office reopens and, and the staff are able to go in. Well, that could be a long time. And I said, well, yes, 
we'll, we will be letting people know when it looks as if we can begin to ship. But so the mini mall right now is sort of at a, at, I won't say a standstill, but it really kind of is. We can't ship things out. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, as soon as it looks like we're going to have a week or two where um, at, we might be at the nearing the end of that tunnel, you know, um, then we'll start putting out some information, some posts, having some sales, and people will be able to order, and um, and then we'll fill those orders and, and ship those orders as soon as we're able to get back in the office and uh, and the Minnesota office is able to handle that. So, um, you know, I, I think that hope people understand that there's only so much that they can do and they're not able to go into the office and package up things right now. Uh, but that's going to, that's we're going to get back not to... Not safe now, but it may be safe in two months. You know? Right. So I'm hoping that's by right. the time we get to our convention in July, right. you know, maybe some of those restrictions won't be at the same level. Right, have. right. Yeah. And that's what we're hoping. Yeah. And we won't. we just won't know that until we live through it. That's right. You know? But whenever they get that uh, 2020 convention mug from the mini mall, it will be spectacular, <laughs> won't it? Yes, it will. <laughs> <laughs> it certainly will. And so, well, Dan, I really appreciate you taking the time to be on Soundprints with us. I know that your phone has to be going full speed ahead for hours. And, I, I mean, I, I, you're just busy anyway. As, as ACB president, um, people who have been president um, before you were um, elected to this office, some of them, like when Mitch was president and Chris Gray, they actually retired while, and because it just, in Mitch's case, it just became, you know, so much to do. Um, and, and, you know, being ACB president is not something you just do in your spare time. So that is true, Carl. I will say it's it's every bit of a full time job. Right. I mean, this is something that um, that you it's it's a labor of love, but you really do work at it. You know, easily fifty, sixty hours a week. In, in right. And then you add this change with the yep. convention on top of that. I just I do not envy you, my friend. <laughs> Well, we've got a great team, we've got a great board, we've got a wonderful staff, and we've got just fantastic members and volunteers. So I I think this is going to show the best of the American Council of the Blind. I think we're going to show a lot of or, other organizations out there uh, what a group of blind and visually impaired people can do if they put their minds to it. And, Remember, we're an all-volunteer organization here when we put these conventions on, and and I think uh, we're going to look back at this as one of our proudest moments. I think you're right. I think you're right, and we're we're, gonna, we're very creative people, and this this is I just know this is going to be a big success. So, well, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time this afternoon, and looking forward to hearing all kinds of, of updates on this convention. Thank you, Carla. Be, be health, healthy and safe out there. Page three. I'm speaking with Jeannie Fairley. 
she is new to Sound Prince. We've never spoken with her before. And Kim Charlson told me about her this morning. I was looking for someone to do an interview with me who is working from home because of the uh, virus, because of the um, you know businesses being closed, some government offices being closed. And Kim says, oh, I've got just the perfect person for you. Jeannie is a member of the Bay State Council of the Blind and Guide Dog Users of Massachusetts. She has a guide dog. She's the full-time ADA coordinator for Newton, Massachusetts. And um, I had no idea that Newton, Massachusetts had 89,000 people in it. Um, she's got a big job. So, Jeannie, we are so glad you're with us on Sound Prince. And tell us a little bit about your job and what it's like working from home for you every day. Thanks, Carla. I um, appreciate uh, you reaching out to me. Um, yeah, it's different working from home. Um, I, uh, because I know my audience here, uh, I was frustrated for four days. The first four days I've been working from home since March 16th. And um, that Monday uh, that we were all, well, more or less, our governor was you know, encouraging all business, a lot of businesses to, you know, if they can re work remotely on that day. So, uh, my, my, you might call my job a desk job, but I'm actually, and I work at City Hall, big old 1932 building, uh, big corridors and lots of rooms and lots of departments, and I interact with a lot of the departments and go to meetings all over the building, and I do a lot of site visits out on um, in the in the world in the city. Uh, looking at uh, signals, curb cuts, parks, buildings, all for accessibility. And then um, I'm also the, the voice of or the face of disability or, as well at the city. So um, my day-to-day my -day job there is, was um, very active, shall we say. Okay. <laughs> now at home, it's not very active, uh, but the first four days I was you know, trying to use my old five year at least I lost count laptop with a website that wasn't that accessible with to JAWS with using JAWS which I use all the time and um, I was so frustrated I could barely read my emails there was no access I had no VPN access to my documents um, I did not go in and take a whole bunch off on a which I, I probably could have but felt I worked in a public building and the public wasn't uh, staying out yet, so I got a little nervous about that. I'm uh, in my mid, close to mid 70s, and I just didn't really want to um, expose myself anymore because uh, it was starting to get a number of cases here in the city. Anyway, so I, I didn't prepare in that sense um, to take all the many documents I might need to work on on a thumb drive, and I had so I had no resource recourse to that. Um, I finally, you know, right from the get-go, I'd asked my boss, I said, look, check with IT, I really need a laptop and a VPN, a connection to my the server, so I could reach my documents, any documents. Um, of course, I, the only thing I, like I said, I could do was Outlook. So um, on this oh, Microsoft 365, people here on this um, audience might remember that, or know that that's barely accessible with JAWS, at least with my JAWS and my old computer. <laughs> anyway, um, so finally, um, there were no laptops to be had um, at our city. Everybody, you know, that needed to work from home that 
you know, uh, maybe we just didn't have that many. And then finally the boss, uh, the IT fellow said to my boss, oh, I guess we won't do it for everybody, but we can wholesale take her computer home, you know, pack, pack up the desktop. I didn't have a laptop at work. So um, I said, yeah, but I'll need a VPN, I'll need this, I'll need that. Not very much. I just needed my computer and this connection to the server. Uh, I do have Internet at home, uh, relatively reliable. So I was finally in business on Friday. This is that first week. And I felt so good and so productive, and I'm continuing to be that way. Um, I'm busier than ever because COVID-19 has, you know, um, added uh, – my added jobs in the sense of trying to w reach out and get resources for individuals who know about me, uh, either they're from the Commission on Disability or otherwise, and are reaching out and asking me questions. Can you find someone to do my grocery shopping? Can, you know, and I'm connecting them up with the resources in the city, and I'm looking up a lot of stuff. So my job in, is definitely been a, a little more extended, and nothing has stopped. The city is turning away. None of my meetings have stopped. They're all on Zoom. None of my um, deadlines have stopped. They're all there, still there. I had to set up in the dining room. My son and daughter-in-law happened to live with me, not for the COVID-19. They already were living with me. And um, he walks by me at 10 o'clock one night. He says, Mom, you're still working? Because that's my <laughs> work computer out there. And I said, yep. <laughs> so there, it's a little. It's been hard to find those. Um, you know, walk away from the computer, walk away from work. Um, now that I'm at home, uh, so you, you, that's a little overview of my first week of. Uh, and this is my second and a half week. So yeah. So uh, uh, last week was, like I said, very busy. It's always busy, but it was even busier and continues to be. So. Um, people are calling you for resources and so on. With um, I assume in your in your when the, when the before the before the uh, COVID nineteen BC um, in, in that world, uh, I'm sure that you were doing things like checking out audible signals and checking out curb cuts and talking about all that kind of stuff. Um, and and you say that is still going on. Um, and, and proceeding as usual, and then all the rest of this is just kind of on top of that? Right. Well, the, I'm not move, meeting in person with anybody anymore. So, yeah, mm -hmm. so that part of my job, um, my regular job, um, I usually go out with a, a, you know, a department person, um, usually not so much to provide transportation, but sometimes, but also to, to I, I'll, I'll either feel things or I'll ask him, what about this? Let's measure that, you know, when it's the real in-person stuff. So I haven't done any of that. Um, but that's okay because my job is uh, maybe, you know, 75%, a lot of emails, phone calls, and um, documents, and editing, and, you know, you name it. So that part has dropped off a little bit, but it's just been filled up uh, at home, uh, working from home. So, um, yeah, it, it's, it, it's definitely a change. Like I said, I was very active during the day, and I'm not as active. Um, I'm, I don't miss, I sort of miss my commute, and I don't. I don't miss it on a rainy day like today, but I do, do miss it because uh, with my guide dog, I, I, uh, I liked walking to work um, on a good day, as I said, very good weather day, and, uh, and it was a mile and a half and a mile and a half back home. 
Um, I will say my pocketbook is being saved a little bit because on really bad weather days, which we can have up here in the Northeast, uh, even in March, um, I'm saving on occasional Ubers and Lyfts, um, which is my backup when I can't walk or take the bus halfway. So, yeah, so there's, there's, there's good things and, you know, not so good things about working from home. Um, and I feel a little bit too home. <laughs> I'm at home too much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, but on the other hand, I kind of like working from home too. <laughs> I uh, I'm not in my pajamas all day. In fact, I'm not. But interestingly enough, when I have a Zoom meeting with with video, because I'm the only <laughs> blind person in okay. the entire building and the entire pretty much in the entire city for 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 uh, for employees. Um, you know, we do have the Commission on Disability. There's one person who's blind on that. So I am unusual here uh, in that sense, and so yeah, it's it's uh, it's funny to, you know, to think about it. But I'm so glad that I was able to. Um, I don't have to twist the arm too much with my reasonable accommodation. I did officially ask for it and all that good stuff. And of course, that I give reasonable accommodations to folks all the time. That's part of my job, mm-hmm. uh, both employees and residents and visitors. So uh, it's kind of fun to switch it on me and get myself going here and I, I managed to do it but I, I can imagine if someone is at home working and trying to work when the programs or the interfaces are not working I, I had four days of frustration I thought I was going to just storm the city hall and go back to work <laughs> yeah uh, oh yeah um, I, I know that I run into a lot of blind people who say well I really want to find something where I can work from home. And sometimes you wonder if that's what they really want um, because that does mean that you, that I mean, while you have some interaction with people, you don't have that much face-to-face interaction with people. On the other hand, if it takes you an hour to get to work every day, working from home certainly increases your available time in, in not having to commute both directions and I mean there's mm-hmm. there's you know there's positives and negatives in all things but um, I'm just really curious as to how you know this is working for people who have typically been um, going out to work every day and now all of a sudden it, it's not a choice um, right it, <laughs> you, you, there's Definitely just not, not an option a choice. I did not storm City Hall um, it is not a choice, and um, I, I think the frustrating part would be, as I said, for someone whose technology for a blind person isn't working well at home, you mm-hmm. know, and then you've got the double whammy of, um, hmm, I'm home an awful lot, and you've got the frustrations of perhaps trying to stay productive. My, no, as I uh, said maybe I didn't. Um, deadline. I have deadlines. Uh, Zoom meetings, not not in person meetings, but Zoom meetings that have taken the place of every single thing I do. I would have done in in person. Um, occasionally phone calls, um, tons of emails. So everything is kind of working in that term. But I miss my colleagues. I miss that interaction. I miss saying hello to people, even the mayor in the ladies' room. You know, I miss all that. Um, and it's 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 
makes my day fly by. Instead, I'm noticing that the chair I use in my dining room for my computer at home is not that comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) And I have an achy back. And then I say, but at lunchtime, I can go and lay down in my room. I'm in my room right now because I have two other people who live in the house, little apartment, and so I figured the only way I guarantee some quietness is to shut the door and be in my bedroom. So there are perks, for sure, uh, but I do get dressed. I get dressed better when I know I have a Zoom meeting, a win- you know, a video Zoom meeting <laughs> mm-hmm. that I do um, hanging around in my, uh, not my jammies, but, you know, comfortable clothes, basically, mm-hmm. is what I call it. Mm-hmm. So, So that's that's kind of the perks, you know. Um, I actually take lunch. I don't have any space where I'm set up to eat my lunch. I always ate my lunch at my desk. I mean, I barely ate lunch at anyway, but I'd have my earbuds in my ears listening to some document or something, reading to, you know, and eating, eating my yogurt. And here I can, like, actually take a breather, and I find myself needing that. But that part I do love. Um, uh, Rue would like me to walk a much longer distance. This is my dog, Rue. Uh, a much longer distance with our one day, one walk a day for the most part, instead of our two walks a day. But I'm noticing that people don't see me coming and don't know, for some reason, they don't know I have a guide dog and can't see them coming, and they're coming by me way too close. You know, yes, we're allowed to go out walking, but there's no way these people are walking by me six feet away from me. Um, so I'm a little nervous about that. That's the COVID-19 part of it. Um, if I didn't have that aspect, um, I probably could add back in, you know, almost as much walking, even if it's not the city hall. A <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. uh, 30-minute walk each way, that's usually our commute. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, you asked me about, I, I was mentioning another job I had uh, with the Independent Living Center, my commute was an hour and a half with public transit and paratransit. Uh-huh. The place was only 30 minutes away. The town was only 30 minutes away. Different kind of job. And I would I would definitely never miss that. And I, I like, like, love my commute because of my guide dog and because I'm, uh, you know, a mile and a half from work. But um, in general, uh, bad weather. You know, I don't even pay attention to the weather forecast as much <laughs> as I used to. Oh, my God, I used to listen to it. What is it? What is the wind chill right this minute? Yeah. Especially <laughs> in Massachusetts in the winter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yep. If it isn't too nice out by 5 o'clock when I take Rue out for our walk around a few blocks to make a 20- or 30-minute walk, um, I'm like, well, at least I'll, I'll get home. You know, I'm mm-hmm. going back home. I'm making a big circle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to work with soaking wet feet or frozen hands or face, you know, so uh, so there is definitely an advantage to that, but I, I do miss, I miss a little bit of the structure, and I miss all my activities at, at, at work, physical, well, you know, yes. and colleagues and stuff. Yes. Well, it sounds like that it's going pretty well, and especially that... Um, where a lot of people were very concerned about the reasonable accommodations that that has worked out. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it, I know I've heard of, of several places that have, you know, not said, well, if this doesn't work for you like it works for everybody else in the company, then, then you can't do this, that they have found ways for mm-hmm. people to be able to also, you know, continue to have their jobs and keep their jobs. So um, that, you know, it's, it's a, just a really interesting 
thing yeah, how this definitely. is all playing out. It'll be interesting to see when this is all over what you know how people view um, the working from home down the road. How many jobs will become a work from home job or have that option yeah. built in? So you know we're, we're, that remains to be seen, and I'm sure that we'll revisit that topic um, several times in the next few months and probably in the next few years we'll be talking about um, the, the, those kinds of opportunities. It very well could open up more opportunities for people than exist today simply because um, a person who doesn't have transportation from where they live to where that job site is, if it's a work-from-home job, then suddenly they do have access. And so it might not be a computer problem. It might be a, a, right. a transportation, transportation problem. Yeah, or exactly. whatever. Exactly. I, I, it's just a really quick thing. Um, I think I'm always proving, sort of proving myself. I mm -hmm. think people have that feeling when they're the only blind person in a company or yes. a big city. Mm -hmm. And um, I have done that for the, for the most part. I, I the only My only drawback is I can't read the plans as well as I'd like to. Um, I have a little bit of usable vision. use a video magnifier sometimes. But, you know, other than that, people are, are like, wow. Does all this stuff? She can she can do emails. She can do internet research. She can oh, write yeah. papers. She can write it. I'm like, yeah, okay. So today, what was really interesting is I think my IT fellow, he's the chief CIO, um, he wrote me an email after I you know, I actually had my son pick up the stuff, um, saving my, you know, other people to come into my house and stuff, mm -hmm. and um, he says, you know, it went a lot easier than I thought with you to be able to work from home. I'm like. Thank goodness he recognized that. Yes. He actually wondered. I had already given them the heads up, you know, mm -hmm. by the way. Mm -hmm. I'm going to need a laptop mm -hmm. and a VPN. And um, when he couldn't produce a laptop, it was him. I didn't even think to take my, my computer home to go get it, you know, mm -hmm. to go mm -hmm. get my computer, basically. Right, right. And, uh, and, um, and put a Wi-Fi card on it and, you know, the whole bit. And I was sure. like, holy cow. And it really is easy. I, I haven't hardly... I've not had to call in. Only I uh, wanted my phone forwarded to um, to my home phone, so I'd be a quicker responder instead of checking my voicemails. But it's worked out great. But I know people don't have that situation easily. But even even my chief guy really mm -hmm. thought this was going to be a problem trying to get Jeannie to work from home. Well, <laughs> this is this has just been really really interesting, and I think well, it shows how people are. Are really at this point are are really trying to work around the obstacles that might be there, mm -hmm. and we're discovering mm -hmm. that they're a lot more solvable than we probably ever thought. So, well, Jeannie, thank you so much for being with us on Sound Prince today. It's been a real pleasure, and I hope we can catch up with you in about a month and see how you're uh, faring. Hopefully, as you're getting ready to go back to work. Exactly. I sure hope Well, so too. getting ready to go back to the office. You're already at work. Yeah, I'm working like nonstop here. Um, yes. I try to, I like, you know, the schedule. I am trying to stay with the 8.30 to 5 for the most part. But then mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I didn't finish that. And I'm back on the computer at 7, you know, till mm -hmm. 10 or whatever. But I, mm -hmm. I just, um, I, I just love, um, I love working from home. Yeah, it gets a little old to be home so much. That's the mm -hmm. only thing. And I never thought I would say that. Mm -hmm. So I'm. It will be interesting to see how all that's going in a month or so, and yes. I 
do hope we all get back to work, oh, especially no. those who want to. I know. I think we all do. <laughs> so, well, thank so you. Much. It's been wonderful. Thank you, Carla. Bye-bye. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club, and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Sound Prints. Have a great week, everybody.